Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Jamie, I feel like we should talk about the elephant in the room Okay um, I know this is an audio podcast, uh, and that makes it difficult uh, for our listeners to really be fully in to what we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, but I am currently, as what best can be described, uh, as in a crocheted uh, Halloween <laughs> ghost costume. Yeah, yeah, yes, you are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, dear listeners, so um, I'll, I'll paint a picture for you. Um, Alexander is in his new house uh, Behind him I can see Quite a surprisingly large television um, I can see a couple of windows I can see a nice beginning to be furnished room I can't see it But I could tell by the way he, Alexander was speaking That he has hardwood floors Now anyone who hasn't worked in the audio business Hardwood floors They cause a little bit of echo so, how are we going to fix this? Well, like the professionals we are, I am not looking at Alexander. Uh, I am looking at... Um, now, I am colorblind, but I believe a black, light blue, black, dark blue, uh, white, green, um, striped blanket uh, <laughs> over, over Alexander's uh, entire I, body. I always forget how colorblind you are. It's just yeah. shades of blue. It's, it's, just, it, it, it's, of blue. it's just shades okay. of blue. <laughs> okay, so I think what I was seeing is black is probably a navy. Uh, yeah. And then I, I definitely see a green, my man. That's that's a green. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be putting this up on uh, on our social media because I have taken a photo of the absolutely uh, ridiculous view I have. Yeah, what? yeah. You know what? You can, you'll feel free to put that on the social medias. Send it to me. We'll put it on the Instagrams and the. the oh yeah! Oh, we're getting the plugs in early today. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this let it let it not be known that Alexander doesn't sacrifice for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, last week he did, you know, make genuine sacrifices and sit in a room that wasn't as echoey, uh, but it was a little bit more uncomfortable. But this week he's making a slightly <laughs> different and less effective sacrifice. Yes. Uh, uh, last week my girlfriend was out i believe doing some form of exercise uh this week she's asleep uh because she had to be up at five so fair enough um, wait, she, wait she had to be up at five so now she's asleep at like eight the last couple of days she does some tutoring stuff where she has to get up at five because she's tutoring overseas ah. so she does that and then she goes back to sleep ah, okay okay i mean i it good to know that this uh this student is clearly getting uh, an Alyssa that is primed ready mm. awake you know very very key things that are required to be it i oh, myself do tutoring oh, and that's true and I know. Le- let me tell you what my friend when you're tutoring six-year-olds uh who don't speak very much english uh you know what <laughs> they don't really care it's fine <laughs> Um, I couldn't possibly comment so as not to jeopardise my own career. So we'll move on and say hello and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my uh, colourful ghost, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Ooh, <laughs> I am the ghost of Warren G. Harding. <laughs> we'll explain Let that me later. Find the body of a young Tom <laughs> Hanks to possess. Ooh. We'll explain that even more later. But um, as, of course, the director of this podcast, I would like to take that back to one. Let's do a, do a retake on that. I did say a colourful ghost, and I, I I feel like that was a, a very monochrome, you know, standard ghost that you just gave me. So I, I want you to take that... And, you know, mm-hmm. give it just some more colour. Go again. Okay. Okay. Good morning, <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> I am a ghost. The ghost of Robin Williams. Ooh. <laughs> I can... We've I can done re- terrible <laughs> things to your country. Sorry. <laughs> There's so much going on there. Like, I can tell you panicked. You were like, Jamie's setting me up here. I have to try and do something funny. Oh, God, I'm saying good morning, Vietnam. Fine. That was a bit weird. Whatever. Then you said, I'm the ghost of Robin Williams. How does that connect at all with what was previously said? Because, because, obviously, 
Good Morning Vietnam, starring Robin Williams. Is it? Yes. Who do you think stars in Good Morning Vietnam? I don't know. I've not seen the film. It just doesn't feel oh, like a Robin. It doesn't feel like a Robin Williams sort of vehicle. I assumed it, is, it, it was a war movie. It is a war movie. It's it's a war. It, think of it as the kind of if there are two sorts of Robin Williams films, three. One of which is like kids movies. The second one of which is like adult but funny movies, and this is sort of the era he's in. And then the third era is kind of like his serious stuff. So. Fisher King, um, whatchamacallit, Good Will Hunting, that kind of thing. This sort of broaches between the kind of raunchy second, you know, the raunchy adult stuff and the kind of serious stuff. It's a good film. You'd like it. Ah, there you go. Look at look at me learning things. Learning yeah. things in quarantine. Yeah. Who would have known? Uh, how are you, Alexander? Except for, of course, being stuck under a sheet. Um... Once again, it's a blue sheet. I'm not under a white sheet. Uh, yes, it's important. important. <laughs> I don't. I don't want anyone to think I'm either dressed as a ghost or a member of the KKK. But now I think about it, it makes it sound like I'm supporting Blue Lives Matter, which I don't. So. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, very good clarification. Thank you. Anyway, um, yes. Well, I, well, how are you this week? Uh, you know, we got furniture. That's the main thing, all right? We got furniture now, Jamie. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. You're really living the high life now. We've got two couches. Mm, i got a table. Ooh. So good Ooh. tables. Um, uh, other than that, you know, I, I continue to make my way through all the series of, all the episodes of uh, Frasier and all the episodes, which I've never seen before. And I can say uh, it's pretty good, all right? I think we don't talk about it enough, but Frasier, pretty good. And Modern Family, which gets less good as it goes along, but starts <laughs> off real good. Yes, you you said you were on a, a mission to discover when Modern Family starts to be bad. Have you found yeah. that point yet? Here's the thing. I'm not sure if it's the point at which it starts to be bad, but the point I can tell you that it is bad is the point in which uh, Cam and Mitch have a black student who's in Cam's football team but live with them. Um, but this is basically just the setup for like quite a few either racist jokes or just like jokes where the 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 only black character to have like that much of a recurring arc uh, just gets to say nothing. So that's a shame. Um, but outside of that, I would say probably somewhere in like season six or seven um, <laughs> when like Gloria just becomes a big old like you know every possible like. Ah, Colombians are a criminal joke you could possibly do. The character loses any nuance and just becomes Colombian jokes. Uh, what is known as the flanderization of a character. Mm. I was talking to the list about this because some sitcoms, so and I, I think Frasier's one of them, or Parks and Rec is also, have their characters become better slowly, right? So like yeah. Parks and Rec does this, um, definitely I think Frasier does this to some extent where the characters start really terrible and they get kind of better as time goes along. Um, others, like you said, the flanderization... Uh, same thing happens in Friends, right? Like, all the main characters in Friends, by season 10, are much worse people than they were in season 1. Yeah. Also, if anyone doesn't know, uh, flanderization uh, is a concept which is referring to Flanders from The Simpsons, where a character written initially has, like, a few weird quirks, but is generally a regular, rounded character. But then, as the show goes on, and they need more and more, like, mining of jokes, then mm. that character just becomes, like, heightened versions of exclusively their quirks. They, they lose any nuance of being a real person and just become heightened versions of their own yeah. weird idiosyncrasies. Now, I do also think there's a version of this which is getting which is community, right? Where someone like Britta, for instance, definitely gets Flanders' eyes. She kind of starts off more complex than she. By the end, Britta ends up a dumb dumb, right? She, she is. She does real stupid by the end of the show. But I don't think that's heightening any flaws that she had to begin with. I think she just no. became like I think all of community they all just became very different characters. Like Troy well, starts as like a football star jock, and yeah. then they realize that doesn't really work, so he becomes this weird like childish uh childlike creator creative I, uh person I, with our bed i don't even think it's like that it didn't work i just think that that's in part his arc right like it's he sheds his ego when he becomes this childlike thing yeah um and i think the same you can say the same with a lot of characters um to some extent shirley becomes you know proactive shirley shirley becomes a businesswoman um obviously uh pierce never grows but you know abed's yeah is able to interact with humans annie um 
you know, stops being so prissy. Jeff relies upon community. Yeah. Britta is the exception to this. Britta, like, <laughs> if you took someone and showed them Britta in the first episode and Britta in the, uh, no, maybe not the last, but, like, season six, or definitely season five, like, you would look at Britta and be like, what the hell happened to this person? That I she don't just became the biggest about. dupe. One, one of one of Britta's most famous uh, quotes is, Ooh, pizza, pizza, me so hungry, me so hungry. <laughs> now, someone who hasn't watched Community might think yeah. that I am making a joke there, but that is a genuine quote of Britta from Community. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, this uh, what are we doing? Having actual substantive uh, creative analysis on this fucking podcast? That's not oh, what we no. do here. We talk about aliens. Alexander, we haven't talked about the aliens for weeks. And we're definitely not going to have time to talk about the aliens next week. But we definitely have, for reasons that will become clear in a little bit, we definitely have time to talk about the fucking aliens this week. So let's talk about the fucking aliens, what's going on. Of course, we are the podcast that chronologically reviews Tom Hanks' entire MDB. But that's not all that happens on this podcast yes back in the year of our lord 2016 me and alexander we were walking down a place called regent street near uh near uh fuck i forgot piccadilly circus i was about to say to what the hell Square. is piccadilly circus jamie yes, have you seen um, it in six months no it's a lie no, no, there's no such thing as piccadilly circus um, alexander gov. of course prepare, of course pretends to not know where this place is um and we saw a um uh, what do you call it? A, a trampoline. God, I haven't done this in a while. Let's, oh, let's take it off, Alexander. Let's, yes. right. Let's let's go sort it. Right, I'm back in the zone. So we saw a trampoline, and we, of course, being the bouncy boys that we are, we were like, let's bounce on that fucking trampoline. We start bouncing. We were going bounce, bounce, and a and a and a, a whole crowd gathers around yeah. us, and they they go bounce bounce buh, and they go buh, because they see us Ooh. suspended in mid-air yeah. and that was a of course as you can tell by my brilliant voice acting a sound of bewilderment as they couldn't tell why we were suspended in such mid-air and they look up above us and they see we are caught in the tractor beam of an alien mm. spaceship now despite my loving of uh, my own voice please continue alexander so, of course, we get on the spaceship, right? And first things first, the aliens start talking to us. They're like, look, right, we got to explain to you some really internal politics about the United States of Space. Jamie, uh, being the dum-dum that he was, though, doesn't speak Swahili, the official language of the United States of Space. I, being born fluent in it, was fine. Uh, of course, the aliens are like, oh, crap, we need to give them something. They throw Jamie a pin. Jamie stabs it in his ear, and they're like, holy shit, why did you do that? But luckily, it pressed on the right parts of his brain, and suddenly he could understand Swahili, a language native to most people. Um, at this point, the aliens explain to us, importantly, that uh, the way they can the United States space work, recently a little planet called Flomotron 8 activated uh, an article known as Article 69, 66, 61, I think, 66. I think it's 66. Again, uh, a, a key part of this story, uh, dear listeners, is of course it did happen uh, in 2016. That was, uh, no, 2016, it did not happen in 2016. It happened 2018? in 2018. Still, mm. it, you know, it happened over a year and a half ago. Sometimes we forget things. So yeah. if there are some inconsistencies and things we say now are not the same as things we've said previously, that is not a bug, it's a feature. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, at this point, you know, the article, the triggered article 66, uh, of course, uh, their leader, uh, who I believe was Trevor Tramon. Trevor Tramon, um, of course, uh, the small boy bitch boy of Flomaton 8. Yes, uh, you know, called a plebiscite uh, in which I believe they got everyone on trampolines and people voted by saying bounce or bing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, and... Yes, yeah, they all, yeah, and a bounce was the, the bouncing out of uh the the united, united states, states of space. space and bing was of course staying but in uh, the, yeah. the, the united states of space and everyone went one two three bounce, bounce. and of course uh they then therefore left the united states of space now now please point, remind me how did trevor tramon uh, officially announce uh this uh, decision he flexed because his flex it uh, his guns you can't really see that because I'm under a uh, blanket, but I'm flexing and, my and, 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 and our audience can't hear it, because, can't see it because this is an audio medium. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yes, and Flex's gun said, we, we out bitches. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, basically they left and the, the United States of Space, uh, you know, while, you know, the Flumetron 8 is leaving, um, wanted to get someone in to uh, replace them. 
they said, look, prove your worth to us or we're going to kill humanity. And we went, oh, Christ, that's a bit intense. And we went, uh, uh, sure, can we show you the works of our favorite human being? And they said, sure, but who, who is worthy? And we went, oh, God, um, Tom Hanks. Everyone likes Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks must must be good. And they're like, cool, take us to this Tom Hanks. I mean, well, he's not really that impressive in real life. It's more that he makes a load of films that everyone likes. And they went, oh, okay, what's a film? We said, oh, it's a, it's like a, it's a movie. And they said, what's a movie? And we said, well, it's like a talkie, you know? It's like, a, we, it's like a we have to admit, picture. we weren't very good at explaining what a film was when we went, what's a film? And we went, oh, it's a movie. I had, it's a movie. I will, I will, it's a talkie. Look, dear it's a listeners, I will put our hands up. Alexander, of course, can't do that because it will lift the blanket over himself. Yeah. But we will put our hands up and say, we didn't explain films very well to these aliens. No. No. Uh, we so we actually told the aliens that this movies were actually things that real people had done. Uh, you know, it, all one hundred percent documentary, cinema verite. Uh, they're all real. So we're kind of trying to trick the aliens uh, into allowing us into space because we're like, ah, look at this Tom Hanks. He has see all the impressive things he's done when he went to Cambodia and brought America to Cambodia. How great! <laughs> anyway, um, so they're all like great. Uh, fantastic lovers. I think they now it anyway. is it is at this point Alexander that I unfortunately do have to pause you uh, to remind you what you were doing uh, at this time mm-hmm. because of course as as we've established um, the the adult version of these aliens uh, are what we call normal aliens what does that mean you figure it out but the baby forms of aliens of course are all baby Yodas uh, yeah. now. When while I was discussing this, uh, having had my new uh, translation chip implanted and, and chattering away as I like to uh, with these uh, lovely aliens, uh, you went, uh, I think, what we've defined as full Anakin Skywalker uh, on these baby Yodas, just dun, fully dun, decimated dun, them, just dun, took, dun, them, dun, took dun, them apart. Dun, <laughs> um, and so... Um, of course, having seen that, I was like, fuck, that's probably not going to be very good for diplomatic relations with the United States of space. So uh, quickly to, to you know brush past it, I'm magic. So, of course, I brought them all back to life. But there is a yeah. very key uh, caveat to the kind of magic I do. Uh, I cannot bring back memories. So uh, this poor uh, entire generation uh, of baby Yodas uh, were... Uh, 50 years behind uh, now in their uh, cognitive development. Oh, I got yeah. I got so close to not saying the right word there in cognitive. That's why I slowed it down. I'm like, cogni, is it zunt or is it tiv? And I got to tiv just in time. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so um, while, of course, I did uh, save this entire generation of baby Yodas and they do continue to live to this day, uh, we hope, we haven't checked in on them for a while, um, they are, uh, you know, very far behind on many of their classmates, unfortunately. Very bad boy you were, Alexander. But of course, they now worship me as a god. Uh, oh, yes. Which is great. So I'm okay with this. I got a load of idiot baby Yodas, you know, powerful in the force, but dumb, following me <laughs> and to my beck and call, the morons. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've been going through a lot of Tom Hanks films. We kind of realized that he has a lot of uh, bad movies. Uh, and so we decided and TV to shows. create what was. And some good movies. Uh, so we decided to create the Hanks Bank, which is the bank upon which upon within which we will store all of Tom Hanks' good films, uh, and, and then TV show those shows. ones to the aliens. Pun. And you TV always shows. forget about the TV shows. And you occasionally, must remember some like that Hank that that Happy Days is in my Hanks Bank. We have oh to God. include TV shows. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and sometimes radio shows, depending on whether or not we kept those in our Hanks Bank. I can't remember if we did. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah, we probably Maybe. did. I think we put the Desert Island discs in our Hanks Bank. I think that's I th- Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so um, then, yeah, as as mentioned, we were just about to leave and they were like, oh, by the way, uh, we will kill you all if uh, if if you don't prove your worth. Um, mm. And yeah, that's, that's the aliens, dear listeners. You know, it's been a few weeks, might have forgotten. So we're always here to catch you back up. And next week we're doing Toy Story 3 when uh, me and Al will be crying for the entire 90 minutes oh, to oh, oh, yeah. probably three hour duration of that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we needed to get that out of the way this week. But there was another reason we need to get it out of the way this week. Uh, and that's because it's, it's an interesting one this week. Mm-hmm. The next entry on, uh, on our dear Lord Tom Hanks's uh, IMDb is The Pacific. Now, on a week... This is a, uh, a spiritual sequel to Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, anyone who has listened to that episode, which you absolutely should, go back and listen to it. We'll wait. Yeah. Okay, good. Welcome back. Uh, you will have heard 
Uh, it was quite a controversial episode because uh, yeah. dear Tom Hanks, he only appeared in it for all around about one and a half seconds. And yeah. not only that, he was credited on another episode, uh, which he actually didn't appear in at all. So I sent an email to IMDb and I got his IMDb changed. It was great fun. Uh, but we've had yet more controversy with Jamie, the Pacific. I, Alexander, please, uh, you, you are you are the heart sure. of this controversy. You are the person I, who discovered I, it. I have written an open letter to IMDb, and here it goes, okay? Dear IMDb, you jumped up Wikipedia page with a splash of yellow paint. How dare you do this to me again? How dare you do this to me again? As the leader of the premier podcast about Tom Hanks, I expect when using sources that they will have a 100% historical accuracy. And yet, time after time after time, you have let me down, good sir. You have let me down. You claim on your crappy Wikipedia page <laughs> copy and paste edit job that Tom Hanks was in the Pacific as a narrator, uncredited on five episodes, but credited importantly on the first episode called Guadalcanal. It's also slash, I think, Lenny, but who cares about Lenny or Lemmy? I watched that entire episode, thinking to myself, where's Tom Hanks? There's no Tom Hanks narration in this episode. That seems kind of weird. I got to the credits. Didn't see his name in the credits. I began watching episode two. He wasn't there either. I began crawling through the internet, but the internet told me that Tom Hanks definitely narrated this show. I went, huh, that's kind of weird. I looked on Reddit where a guy in Sweden was like, I was watching <laughs> the Pacific on HBO Nordic. At, I think maybe it was in Norway. And <laughs> Tom Hanks isn't in here. Here are the episodes, it says he's on an IMDb, but he's not in there. To which someone underneath from America was like, oh, he's there on the American version. Fuck you, America. Tom Hanks is not on this for the international version. I believe on the Blu-rays, by default, he's also not on there, unless you enable the historical things to go in front of. I don't think he's actually technically in the show at all. I think <laughs> the internet's lied to me. I think Tom Hanks has lied to me to try and beef up his IMDb credits. That's right, Tom Hanks. You wanted another six episode of credits. Boo you, Tom Hanks. Boo you. You were my hero and you let me down again. Yours sincerely, Al Gillespie. I do have to say, uh, I, I'm not that hopeful uh, mm -hmm. that your email is uh, actually going to make the substantive change you want it to. My email, while full of jokes, <laughs> very much was very clear in what I wanted it to do. You yeah. you seem to have just both uh, insulted and complained uh, to, to IMDb. I at least made it very clear that he is 100% not in episode 9 and that I want him removed. And then within 12 hours, he was removed. Uh, you appear to uh, have just, just whined. Just whined. Yeah, that's true. That's true. To be fair, I haven't sent that off to IMDb yet because I'm keeping it in my back pocket for whenever we need to do a, a bonus episode. Uh, <laughs> that Tom Hanks technically is in um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Dates. Obviously, as previously mentioned, uh, they on the I the believe that was Seattle mentioned the on the Lost episode. Yes, um, and therefore I would like to at some point um, record that, but I need to email IMDb and get off my ass and actually email them. Uh, so I'm keeping all my goodwill in the back pocket there. Okay. Uh, so well, if anyone yeah. from IMDb is listening, please add that in. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe just you know tone it down a little bit would be my would be my advice. So yes, uh, turns out Tom Hanks not in this fucking show. He is no. in uh, what it appears to be little two minute historical vignettes that would air on the original TV program before the actual mm -hmm. show started. Uh, if anyone's watched Band of Brothers, this was a part that was actually in the Band of Brothers episodes where they would open with sort of short interviews with uh, the soldiers uh, of Easy Company, uh, the, yeah. the company that this is focused on. It seems they took that and expanded it and included little documentary footage and wanted to further explain the historical context of what was going on in the episodes. So they yeah. are literal, just like vignettes that are basically a completely separate thing that aired beforehand. Uh, we have found the uh, two minute uh, vignette that aired before the first episode, the only episode that Tom Hanks is credited on on IMDb. The rest of them are listed and uncredited, but very distinctly, as Alexander says, not in the credits. Tom Hanks' mm. name is not in no. the credits nope. of the first episode. Nope. So therefore <clears throat> he is Quite literally, I... by definition, not fucking credited. Therefore, no. we're not going to no. waste our fucking time no. talking about that first I... episode. We're going to talk about this two minutes. I want to say, uh, I was halfway through 
watching Mission Impossible 3 for the first time in 10 years, and I was like, this is a great film. I love Mission Impossible 3. When I realized, oh my god, I need to watch the entire first episode of The Pacific last night, and I watched it all, and now I hate that show forever. <laughs> I hate it forever. I'm well, not a fan. Uh, I, I woke up to... Uh, to <laughs> Sorry, dear listeners, Alexander is now... Um, reached out the the cover so that it it leans over uh, the webcam so I can see him in in his cocoon of shame. <laughs> it is a delightful image. Um, anyway, uh, I received a message upon uh, waking up uh, that from you saying that he's not in it. Uh, but you didn't you didn't tell me anything about what you wanted to do about this. Oh, that's true. You were just like, I don't think he's in it. So in my well, mind, I'm like. Does he still want me to watch it? Are we going yeah. to talk about it? Are we going to talk about Toy Story 3, the next thing? And so I had to no. unilaterally make the decision. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm not watching this TV show. Yeah, fair enough. You came to the decision, which is luckily the same thing I wanted, um, but I just didn't have to say it. So in the terms of laziness, I just caused you a lot of anxiety and got the results I wanted. So yep. that's a win-win so, for me. Um, yeah, we are 26 minutes into this episode because we are uh, reviewing a two-minute fucking documentary about the uh, fucking america's first soiree into the fucking pacific do so, you want to do you yeah. want to so we, obviously when we do this uh, we give a brief overview <laughs> yeah yeah well i've i've i have got some historical context um we, we're, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we're keeping that so we yeah we normally do a little bit of historical context a little bit of show context i'm very excited to find out what alexander has planned for his show context for this two minute fucking documentary that we're going to talk about uh but Mm -hmm. this comes out in the year 2010 the same year as uh of course our next film toy story Mm -hmm. so with that in mind i am reviewing the first half of 2010 what happened in the first half of 2010 well of course the burj khalifa is opened uh the tallest building in the world uh, in 2010. Uh, Greece gets bailed out uh, with a fuckload of money uh, and then goes into uh, severe economic uh, recession. Um, the 2010 flash crash happens on Wall Street where a trillion dollars were lost in the stock market in over the course of about five minutes and then regained over the next 31. Uh, I yeah. do not have the time to uh, uh, fully go into that, but research It's super it. interesting. It's super interesting. Also, it- Yep. Read the book Flash Boys. Um, it's a fun time. It's really interesting and uh, kind of emphasizes the way in which that modern stock trading basically is fucked for yeah. everyone. Basically, um, it was, a, it was a, a fault of modern stock trading where it was all done by automated trading programs and they ended up in mm-hmm. a feedback loop and just fucking crashed shit. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, lost $8 trillion uh, in five yeah. minutes. Um, the, 2010 World Cup, the 2010 World Cup uh, happens in South Africa. It is won by Spain and it introduces the wider world to the beautiful beauty of the vuvuzela do you remember the vuvuzela that's a that's a very that is that is a mildly angry bee rather than a vuvuzela um but i i beg you please do not do an actual impression of it because they are supremely annoying um they were so annoying that people i i believe they were considered they considered banning them during this, the games didn't they like people uh, I think using them and not in the actual world cup uh, but afterwards when like other leagues were really worried that people were going to bring them back to like to like <laughs> europe they were like really strongly considering banning them uh, i don't think they ever did in the end um yeah. uh, other films in 2010 we have inception social network black swan uh, how to train your dragon king's speech scott pilgrim first of the world and of course the aforementioned toy story which we're going to discuss next week what, what a year story? what a year yeah. for films pretty good yeah right. i mean yeah very strong um the, you and i uh, yeah Oh, sorry. Just on that, of course, I think we mentioned it before. The Social Network still being my favorite movie of the oh, past, however long, probably. Um, it's a good film. Make a sequel. Uh, Make a sequel. In the UK, uh, the Chilcot Inquiry is still ongoing. Alistair Campbell steps before the Chilcot Inquiry in early January. Um, in yeah. May, there is an election, of course, in the UK. Alexander, do you remember Boo. who wins? Yeah, it was not Gordon Brown. We were, Gordon Brown was too good for us, all right? <laughs> Gordon Brown was too good for us. Everyone uh, everyone used to slag off Gordon Brown. They were like, oh, he's boring. Oh, he has sensible plans that are good for the economy. Oh, he doesn't believe in really hard austerity. Oh, and they elected David Cameron, and now here we are, not in Europe. I'm literally not in Europe. I'm in North America. Would that have happened had Gordon Brown <laughs> been elected? Who knows? The podcast could have still happened with us in the same room. It couldn't have, of course, because of social distancing, but still. Yes, uh, of course. 
course, as you've uh, referenced, yes, uh, David Cameron won in uh, the coalition with Nick Clegg. Uh, in fact, before that coalition is even formed, David Cameron steps down uh, as Labour leader, resulting in a Miliband uh, fought. Brown. Um, did I not say Gordon Brown? You said David Cameron steps down as Labour leader. Oh, whoops. Um, Gordon Brown steps down uh, as Labour leader, resulting uh, in a Miliband on Miliband fought um, uh, leadership election, eventually leading to Ed Miliband having a bit of an awkward photo taken of him during uh, eating uh, a bacon sandwich forever, tarnishing him in the public eye, making his 2015 general election campaign an abject failure, giving the victory to David Cameron again, who had promised the extremist wing of his party a referendum on honour status in the European Union in a desperate attempt to maintain their loyalty as UKIP was gaining traction on the main political landscape ultimately resulting in the worst political decision made by the UK electorate in generations and sending us on a careening path to complete self-destruction. Now, I understand that most of what I said there uh, is what you already said, but I had written Mm. that very funny uh, uh, sequence of events. uh, So I wanted to say it anyway, even though you'd stomped all over it. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what I do. <laughs> you you got to build that in. That's a feature, Jamie, not a yes, book. I'm, that is I'm a feature a of this podcast where where <laughs> you just you just skip to the punchline. I've got all yeah. the setup. I've got yeah, all yeah, yeah, everything yeah. ready. And you make you're the like, joke good. Oh, punchline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, pretty much. What we need is like a, a little emote or something you could use on Zoom where it's like, I'm setting up a joke and that flashes <laughs> on the screen for me so I can just read the room better. Um, and of course, uh, beavers were bred in the wild in Scotland for the first time in 400 years. That oh. is everything interesting that happened in the year 2010. Right, right. What, okay. what do you have? What do you have for me on show context for so, the so Pacific? So two things. One, we're going to briefly talk about the actual production context. And two, we're going to talk about a bit about the Pacific theatre in World War II and Pearl Harbor. Why? Because Why? It's, very important. it's very important understanding the show. Yeah, but we're not it, actually it, going to it, talk it, about the show, it, Alexander. No, but it's 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 important to the... Cause the show, okay, this bit we're about to watch with Tom Hanks is effectively in and of itself a historical context. But that historical context doesn't make really that much sense if you don't know anything about, like, the U.S.'s involvement in the Pacific Theatre before World War II anyway, and also why in the hell Japan would try and attack Pearl Harbor and also other places. We're going to talk about that in a sec, but first and foremost... Okay. Of course, context. as we've established, I suck at history, so please, please, yeah. m- m- Mr. Yeah. Gillespie, give me a history lesson. And and I'm an English student, so I pretend that I know history, but that's because I read a couple books and think they are the Bible truth. Um... Right, so importantly, uh, this is basically a kind of follow-up series from uh, Band of Brothers. Uh, That's right, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg are basically just riding the coattails of that one for for a while. Um, It was a kind of co-production between Playtone, DreamWorks, uh, Seven Network and Sky Movies, alongside with HBO. Uh, you can tell, I think at the beginning of the actual episode, which you didn't watch, uh, the Playtone uh, logo has been put in bronze, so it's less fun. It still looks stupid. Change your logo, guys. It's not a good logo. Uh, outside of that, it ended up being the most expensive TV series ever made. Definitely of the time. It was estimated to cost $100 million for the whole 10 episodes. It ended up costing $200 million. Jesus Christ. Which is a lot of money. I still think Bloodlines is the most expensive. Ended up being the most expensive uh, show ever to produce. That's a Netflix show. It's one you've probably not watched, and it was the most expensive show ever because I believe Netflix bought the rights to the show in perpetuity, whereas normally that doesn't happen. I've talked about that before. It turns out Tom Hanks has been involved in a lot of the most expensive things ever made, um, but it's always a fun time. Uh, it runs in films in 2017, I believe, as obviously in 2017. 2007, sorry, <laughs> uh, and finished in 2009, 2008, and then is released in 2010. In the UK, it's uh, aired on Sky. Sky has a lot of co-productions with HBO, which you know. Yeah, yeah, like Sky Atlantic has basically just become like their their way of showing HBO. They clearly have an agreement together. Yes, but interestingly, it also it, it it's not just that they like. So in the in Canada, for instance, right, like a lot of the HBO get stuff gets shown on Crave, whereas I think a lot of the HBO stuff is co-produced with Sky, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Um, so definitely, like Chernobyl is a Sky co-production. Uh, which I think is why it was eligible for so many nominations at the BAFTAs, because it, you know, arguably is a British show. Uh, I think it was filmed in the UK, um, alongside other stuff. Uh, Good cast, uh, obviously Tom Hanks not being in it, (laughs) but um, you get such notable figures as that one guy from Punisher, uh, John Bernthal, um, 
Rami hey, Malek is in Hey, it. John Bernthal's been in... You put respect on John Bernthal's name. He's been in Baby Driver. He was in the first few seasons of The Walking Dead. He is a very... He's in He's in Wolf of Wall Street. You put respect is on he? Mr... Yeah. He's, uh, he's, Who's he in uh, Wolf of Wall Street? He's one of... Um, uh, his uh, dickhead friends. He's the one who's like, uh... sell me this pen. Uh, and he goes, hey, can you sign that piece of paper for me? I don't have a pen. Oh, well, I got something to sell for you. Uh, he's yeah. that guy. Okay, okay. Uh, sure. He's, now he's a good uh, actor. I like him. He's a good actor. Uh, the series is going to get a sequel series, or at least it, it, it's sort of a weird thing, right? Where in the in video games, you have a thing which is known as like a spiritual sequel, right? Where like it's not the same series, but the gameplay is similar and the look is similar, stuff like that. So something like um, System Shock to Bioshock uh, were like spiritual sequels, right? But they weren't in the same universe. Um, this is in the same universe, but in the way that this is sort of a spiritual sequel to the um, Band of Brothers, uh, I believe it's going to get its own uh, sequel series on um, Apple TV Plus called Masters of the Air, which I think is about the, yeah, it's a miniseries based on the actions of the 8th Air Force of the United States during World War Two. It's the third installment of the Band of Brothers Pacific miniseries. Uh, sure. I'm sure it's going to cost a load of money. I'm sure Apple TV will be happy to have it. I'm sure relatively few people will watch it because it's on Apple TV. Um, always fun. Anyway, so quickly to explain stuff about uh, the Pacific. Jamie, how much do you know about Pearl Harbor? Uh, go. Let's go with let's go with minimal. Sure. Of the minimal stuff you know, what if you if you gave me like a one sentence of what what Pearl Harbor was and what it meant? Uh, the Japanese bombed uh, a place called Pearl Harbor where a lot of U.S. Navy ships were. Sure. So, I this is literally just I read half a book and I'm gonna spout off the entire message of that book. It's a very good Yay. book. I recommend reading it. It's called. I'm uh, so How to excited Re- for my history oh. lesson. Exactly. My least favorite How to- subject in school. <laughs> it was called How to Hide an Empire and it's sort of about the way in which like it's really inter- it's a really good book it's the way in which like America had in many ways has always presented itself as non-imperial but has had territories for a very long time and those just don't get discussed when you're talking about your concept of the United States right like the United States is in popular culture rarely been seen to be imperial since like the 1800s and yet still has places like Puerto Rico wherein there are you know American um, citizens but it's not America right where they you know they don't get the right to vote in American elections which is uh, complete and utter bullshit so specifically the case was and the kind of important things you have to know is like in the 1800s um, America fights the Spanish um American War, wins the Philippines in um, the States. So it wins the Philippines, right? Like, so they, at that point, they, I think the population of the Philippines was something like 10 million, gain a load of extra people. Um, don't necessarily want that load of extra people, because if you know anything about American history, it's that they don't really like uh, people who aren't white being added to the country. Um, they're not really a fan of that. Uh, and the same is true when they had the Philippines. Uh, they also kind of expand into areas like Hawaii, uh, as well as a lot of uh, islands in the Pacific, uh, in order to take kind of resources from them. Um, I think mainly kind of bird poop, which is good for fertilizer. Uh, Japan, uh, which up until this point had been neutral in World War II, um, it had been like, or very least like neutral in terms of like attacking the Allies, uh, had invaded Manchuria, uh, which is a part of China, uh, and was looking to invade other parts of kind of European controlled um land in the pacific so most importantly for them it was like singapore and hong kong which were at the time were british colonies but they believed that if they attacked uh hong kong and singapore the u.s would be forced to intervene because they were allies with the uk uh and it was close enough to to the u.s anyway um so they basically launched a like blit this could use probably the wrong strategies here but like an incredibly intense um coordinated attack on u.s uh, territory. So, importantly, not states. They were technically weren't part of America, but they were owned by America and they were meant to be defended by America. So, those included, um, I, th- I think it included things like uh, the Solomon Islands. I'm not sure about the Solomon Islands. It definitely included the Philippines, in which Japan invaded, and it definitely included uh, Hawaii. Um, it included the attack on Pearl Harbor, where the US had been uh, amassing a lot of its ships. Um, this kind of happens. They invade the Philippines successfully. They blow up a load of ships. 
Uh, and I believe President Truman, my the history at this point gets a bit uh, uncertain because, hey, I'm British, um, says this is an attack on America, although importantly, it's not really an attack on Homeland America. It's kind of the first time that Hawaii gets referred to as Homeland America. The Philippines gets largely over ignored, uh, despite the fact that there's 10 million people living there and they have been occupied and they were meant to be protected by the states. Um, and they, they decide to go to war with Japan. So to this day, we still call it Pearl Harbor, although it was actually an attack, a coordinated attack on multiple places, and actually Hawaii wasn't the most populous place at the time. It's a fun bit of background history, but that's why. Uh, so yeah, that's that's some fun a stuff. Alexander, you yeah. just spoke for three times the length of the actual thing we are reviewing. <laughs> <laughs> I beg of you. Can we I'm done. move I'm on? Done. Thank yeah, you. Can move on. I'm done. I'm done. So, this two-minute fucking thing, it opens on documentary footage. It talks about how Pearl Harbor the how the Pearl Harbor attack happened. If you want to hear more about the Pearl Harbor attack, go back six minutes and yeah. listen to what Al just said again. Um, and uh, Tom Hanks starts to uh, narrate. He goes on about how... Um, between the Pearl Harbor triggers uh, six months of defeat by the U.S. Uh, Army as Japan takes over uh, a lot of the Pacific Ocean uh, and the mm -hmm. islands uh, there within. And he claims that it becomes one of the largest empires in history. And yeah, I this is really don't thing. think that's true. Like, I, I'm, again, I'm not a historian, but it really doesn't feel true. It's... I, I, what my guess is is the argument being made is over total area control, including the ocean. <laughs> Which is an interesting claim. Yeah. Oh, we've, we, no it, one controls the ocean. But you have to... Yeah, exactly. It's, it, does grow, it does grow to include like large areas in China. I believe... I can't remember if they controlled Korea before or after the war. But basically, they own Korea at some point. That might actually be early. I can't remember. Um, they do take the Philippines, so they take a lot of Asia, right? Again, my knowledge of like the Asian continent map and the Asian continent history is slightly difficult. It, it definitely is to the extent of like, if you're in those countries now, there is a large amount of like anti-Japanese sentiment or like, uh, not necessarily anti-Japanese sentiment, but like the way we see the Nazis, a lot of people, a lot of countries in um, uh, in the sub, well, not subcontinent, the, the continent of Asia, see the Japanese, um, like. They did expand very rapidly. They did take a lot of land. I agree with you. I don't think this is the largest empire ever. I, I think they I'm don't. I think they just say one of, but it's still it's a, it's a, it's a very bold claim. Um, uh, and then they discuss how uh, they were about to uh, take over this the the Guadalcanal um, uh, island in Australia. If they uh, no, they had taken it no, over. No, not and in they Australia. Uh, yeah, near Australia. They had taken it over and they were building airfields there. If they had built airfields there, they would have been able to cut off American supply lines to Australia, which was going to be their base to um, to then launch an offensive in the Pacific Theatre. Thus, sure. uh, the first Pacific uh, offensive happened on this area, Guadalcanal. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is setting up for, I imagine, I didn't watch the first episode, but what the first episode is generally about. Sure. Um, the first episode is generally about a bunch of American soldiers uh, referring to Japanese people as Japs, uh, oh, and then shooting them. And it's a weird, it's a weird one. Right? Also, when you were, I... when you were mentioning the cast, you didn't mention Rami Malek, and I feel like you. I did. Have oh, no, I, I, I very, I ran right. over it very briefly. Okay. But I, didn't I must have missed that, or I might um, have thought about it when I read it. But I didn't. When, yeah, I, when I, I was, no, when I was reading the first episode, when I was skimming through the. Oh, is he not in the first episode? When I was skimming through the episode so. that I thought was the first episode to see if I could hear Tom Hanks, clearly it wasn't the first episode because I saw a lot of Rami Malek. Oh, maybe it <laughs> was, and I just don't know what Rami Malek looks like. Who knows? Who knows? The, uh, the very easy, I could have been watching the wrong episode. <laughs> the, the names on the US, on the kind of the online version, are not the names on the version on which I have. On the version I have, they just call the episodes like part one, part two, part three, part four. Yeah. And yeah, on the internet, they're all referred to by like names of specific battles or areas. Uh, and that's confusing. All right. This is very <laughs> confusing for a simple owl who doesn't yeah. understand American history very uh, well. Anyway, uh, our dear daddy Tom Hanks has explained to us that uh, yeah. they are launching an offensive on the Guadalcanal. And then we get uh, two interviews with veterans from this offensive talking yeah. about how like they had no idea what was going on. They didn't nope. like apparently one of the, the, um, um, 
uh, officers called it like Guadalcanar. They didn't even know like what the actual name was. And one other guy saying how like it was absolutely horrible and, and the Pacific Theatre, as has been well documented, was uh, a particularly uh, brutal war field. Yeah. And hey, there we go. That was the whole of that fucking two-minute uh-huh. vignette uh-huh. that we were renewing. So, uh, for the new listeners to this show, uh, why the fuck did you choose this one to start on? And secondly, oh, um, uh, we uh, on the show we review uh, on three criteria. We review uh, this project out of five. Tom Hanks performance out of five. Tom Hanks dick meter out of five. Um, so, what did you think of this two-minute vignette, Alexander? I mean, look, I just don't think you can you can set up. Like, I, I don't think you... Mm, giving a two... As proven by me, like, stumbling through American... Like, a hundred years of American history in six minutes. Um, I think it's really hard to compress history. I think it's, like... A very difficult thing to do. And in doing so, you often, like, miss out a lot of history. And, like, sure... Like... It's fine. It's fine. I, I understand why they have this at the beginning of the episode because they want to explain the importance of like the individual battles, the individual locations, all the, all that kind of stuff, and that makes sense. And sure, I can appreciate that. I'm like, but I'm I'm not sure it does it super well. My, and like, I think you, I, I, yeah. My I my thoughts are yeah. My thoughts are like having watched Band of Brothers, which I really really like. I think the function of having those. Uh, interviews with veterans is really really powerful Mm. for the human stories that they're trying to tell Uh, and that that definitely does uh, give sort of uh, extra weight and power to to the human stories that they're trying to tell but if you are a dramatized historical Mm -hmm. show uh, then your storytelling needs to be all within your dramatization uh, yeah, if you yeah. if you cannot uh, appropriately explain the importance and what is going on with the historical events in the middle of your show, then you are not doing your show well enough. A show that is fantastic at doing that is with the affirm- we talked about it last week, Chernobyl. Like yeah. Chernobyl is depicting historical events, but you never get confused about what is going on or why it's important because it's all within the dramatization yes. of the show. You don't need a documentary at the beginning of Chernobyl to explain what the yeah. fuck is going on in world and, politics. And here's the thing, right? I think if you wanted to make a docudrama, I think that could be absolutely fair enough, right? Like if you wanted to include the the interviews with soldiers who served in that war in the actual show itself and have this and have it as more of a docudrama thing. I think that's absolutely fair. I think that's probably the right move. And, like, I don't think those things should be relegated to, like, a two-minute bit, which you're not you're not going to include when this thing ends up on streaming or this thing ends up on DVD. I think that's kind of crazy that, yeah. like, you there's this bit which provides context, and, but you don't actually include in the proper show itself. It's, it's weird to me. So I think you can do docudrama elements where you include that stuff in real life. You know, we liked it in... Um, what was it? There was the actually we didn't like it, but but we had thoughts on it for the the uh, space uh, from, mission from, one from Earth from Earth to the Moon. Yes, yeah, yeah where they had yeah. like reenacted interviews with that. That was weird, but like I do think the talking head thing can be used well. I just this structurally is confusing to me. Yeah, I agree that Chernobyl is a better yeah, example of like the rest of the show is a full just historical drama it's not a documentary so having a historical having a documentary at the beginning is suggesting that you aren't doing good enough in what you wanted to in the drama if you wanted to be more educative then include that in your show don't just tack on a completely different even just like i think uh, having watched the first episode and bits of other episodes i think part of the show is about ignorance it is about the fact like these men were sent off to like i think it's kind of it's repeated throughout the first episode but it's it's mentioned that the men basically are like sent off to fight a war in which they don't know why they're fighting. They don't know where they're fighting. They they know that, like, Pearl Harbor was attacked, and that definitely kind of radicalized the American public towards, you know, willingness towards, to go to war. But, it, you, you, you know, they don't know why they're in Guadalcanal. They, they don't yeah. know why that's important. It's mentioned, there's a line at the beginning where he says, the strategy will be others, but the victory will be yours. And, you know, that that's interesting, but that's also nuts. Like, that, and the... If you want to explore that, explore that, but then don't have the explanation at the beginning about history. Like yeah, that, yeah, that like seems why, like a weird like thing to if, have. If the point is the ignorance, why make the audience not ignorant? Like, yeah, what, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I'm gonna give it a two. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> give it a three because I think it does the best it can. I just don't. I I, I wouldn't give it four or five because I don't. I don't really see the point in it. 
uh, really? Like, this is the kind of thing which your history teacher, when he's lazy and they're like, all right, we're going to show you an episode of the Pacific, your history teacher probably likes this bit because it gives you some actual explanation. Yeah. And then the rest is just, you know, flavor. Uh, Tom Hanks' performance. I think he's pretty good. I think Tom Hanks is a very nice narrator voice uh i think i think he should genuinely narrate i think he has actually done other um like his as, as we mentioned there's like yeah. museum like exploratory installations where he's been been narrator and stuff he clearly has a huge interest in history i think he mm-hmm. should narrate more documentaries i think he's a very good narrator uh i'm gonna give him a four i i, I agree with that i appreciate with tom hanks and i, I think part of this comes from a lot of baby boomers is he baby boomer? yeah he's kind of just a baby boomer um who have this like obsession obsession is probably sounds too harsh but by which i mean like historical fixation upon the second world war and, and typically it is uniquely the second world war rather than both world wars yeah um and kind of the role in which their parents or adults in their lives played and then came back changed from this and how that shaped their lives and i i think there is a it's pretty fair to say like this kind of historical fixation upon this time in which like america was right and america went to war and america won a war in which the bad guys were bad guys you know and to the extent to which that's true is is uh, debatable but i i can appreciate it's, that it's, it's a lot closer to true than if you were really obsessed with vietnam for example yeah no exactly right like in vietnam it's it's hard to say it's easy to say that everyone is terrible in vietnam and in World War Two, obviously, there are many examples of, like, terrible things the Allies did. But, hey, the Holocaust. Or, hey, like, concentration camps in um, in Manchuria run by the Jap- like, Japanese internment camps. Or, 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 conversely, in America, Japanese internment camps. But for the <laughs> most part, it's easier to say, oh, you know, we were the good guys there. And if you don't want to think about it too hard. And I think the show does think about that. I think the show does think about the enemy. And it does think about these soldiers. And it does think, you know, is there innately morality in war and sure i think band of brothers does that too um so for a guy who puts his money where his mouth is you know he has this interest and then he tries to make projects which explore that interest and create documents you know for later generations to learn about the war from i i I think that's interesting i think that's noble and he is to kind of to go sidetrack and actually this question for you yep why do you think it is that tom hanks became sort of like a proxy voice of american history for a lot of people like just by virtue of he doesn't being... do a lot of historical projects he, but, well, he, he, but, and but he, he but he does sort of like he like he sort he, of. he he was in saving private ryan he's very famously produced band of brothers and produced um the pacific i think if anyone knows anything about tom hanks like it's two things it's that he's obsessed with typewriters and that he loves like world war Two. Those, those are like yeah. the things that he talks about a lot, so people associate it with him. That's fair enough. I I think part of it is, so obviously, uh, you know, we're recording this, um, and we're not going to talk about too much, obviously, but obviously donate if you can, um, during a period of unrest in the States, uh, because of the shooting of George Floyd, uh, and kind of a lot of Black Lives Matter protests afterwards. I The thing I find interesting about, like, Tom Hanks in American history is the way in which, like, He's sort of, uh, to use a lot of internet slang, like, he's your unproblematic fave, right? Like, he's he's, he's probably the closest you're going to get to, like, that kind of baby boomer who everyone kind of likes anyway. You know, he's a, he had coronavirus, but he was good, and he sent a typewriter to that kid, and, you know, he, he tends to be on the right side of things. But he's also so uniquely mid-century, mid-20th century American that I think he's, by proxy, he becomes this weird kind of voice for america um whether or not he is actually representative of america i don't know it's just something i find really interesting because actually in terms of his films you're right he's, he does he can produce this he produces band of brothers he's in uh saving Private ryan but most of his films are comedies to some extent um yeah you know, that, that, and t- tends to be contemporary comedies actually for a lot of it uh until actually this period in which he starts doing more period comedies you know charlie wilson's war is period but it is a comedy nonetheless it's a weird one. Um, no. So what are you, what are you okay. giving his performance? Oh, yeah, so, uh, three. Like, I think he's fine. I, I, it's one of those things where, like, three is my neutral for Hanks most of the time. Like, if it's not a bad performance, he, you know, he, he's going to get a three. But if there's nothing in it where he shows range, he's not going to get a four or a five. 
Okay. So three. Uh, that was a long top, rambling rant. It, it really was. Um, <laughs> and I'm 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 intrigued to to look at this runtime at the end. It, it will 100% be our longest episode oh. two content we are reviewing. Yeah, we're, we're currently on minute 50, 55, I think. Oh, um, amazing! So, Fantastic. So we are just so comfortably, thirty times. Yeah, comfortably thirty times longer than the actual thing we're fucking reviewing. Um, and the Tom Hanks dick meter, uh, purely because it's nothing to do with his character, which is not in the spirit of what this uh, measurement is, but purely just because it's on his fucking IMDb when it shouldn't be. I'm giving him a minus four. Yeah, look, it's uh, you're giving him a minus four on his dick meter. Oh, I mean a four. Fuck, I forgot how this works. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been so long since I've given him an extreme on the dick meter. It's, uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, look, I, I agree. Tom Hanks, you have people, all right? You're famous enough that you have people. I have people. My people are Jamie, all right? And if I had a wrong credit on my IMDb, I would definitely hit Jamie up and tell him to get that taken off IMDb. He has inroads there. If you need to get this <laughs> sorted out, just text Jamie. I, just I don't know what his number is, but text Jamie. Yeah, hit him up. Hit him in, slide into his DMs and be like, yo, Jamie, get this taken off IMDb. Or conversely, and I would prefer this, Make sure the international releases of this have the historical bits at the beginning anyway, because that would make more sense. Um, so either just make the bits you're in part of the show, or just get it taken off IMDb if you don't believe it's part of the show, all right? I, sort the, your house out, Tom Hanks, okay? I'm not one, I, you know, you I never have my house Sort your house order. out? Yeah, keep your house in order. So, so that's a saying. <laughs> I, can, I can comfortably get say that I order. have never heard it, but I'm not saying it is therefore not a saying. That's but true. I'm That's saying true. that I have never heard it. So get, get your house in order. Yeah, get your house in order is definitely a saying. Okay, because it, it means I like will, get your it means like get your affairs you. in order. I yeah, I I will believe you, Alexander. Okay. I will I you will know, I will accept your judgment. Jamie, I'm very woke. Okay, I know a lot of language, uh, especially <laughs> especially. Does, whoa, whoa, whoa! When has being woke <laughs> ever been equated to knowing language? <laughs> uh, it's very important <laughs> to knowing language. I like to. I like. I like all language. What are you giving uh, him on the dick meter? Oh, sure, uh, three. Jesus Christ, that took so long for you to come up with the same number three times. (laughs) And is this going in your Hanks bank? No. No, of course it fucking isn't. So when something doesn't go in our Hanks bank, of course, we have to decide what's going to save humanity this week. Uh, Alexander, what are you going to present to the aliens this week uh, in Uh, order to suffice them? For one more week. One sec, sorry. I just need to oh, quickly okay. find out the name of the director. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. You, I, I recommend it to you, you'll never watch it, but you will. You would probably like it if you did. Yeah, but you um, know the structure of this show, like, have this ready. I know, I know, I know, I know, I, but I hadn't decided whether or not I was going to put it in my Hanks bank or not. Now I have. <laughs> what? Um, How could you even possibly be deliberating whether this two-minute fucking Jamie, it's important. it's important the aliens know about history, okay? <sighs> so I'm going to recommend the movie Shoplifters. Uh, it's a 2018 film. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I'm still thinking about it. It's uh, the kind of the pitches. It's about this kind of um, Japanese kind of uh, you know found family of uh, shoplifters who find this wee kid who's uh, being abused at home, and they kind of uh, they take her in. Uh, but everyone assumes that this kid has been kidnapped, and it's really sweet. It's it's a kind of drama, but it's it, it's a really good movie. It makes you think. It'll make you cry. Um, it's directed by uh, Hirokazu Kurita. Um, Kurita. Uh, I, I would really recommend you watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, so if you want to sit down for a kind of two-hour good time, if you liked Parasite, I think you'll like this, although they're very different in tone, but they're about similar social themes. So uh, give it a go. Uh, and I am, of course, going to present to the aliens uh, the video game Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, It was free on PlayStation uh, this month. I've been playing it for the last few days. And uh, I swear to God, this, like, playing this for two days has done more for my love of Star Wars than the last six Star Wars films. Um, It's 
it's just really great fun to run around and go pew pew. I recognise that it's probably slightly insensitive to be doing a fake war video game on on a week in which we're reviewing a a docudrama about uh, an actual war. Uh, But, oh, it's so fun. And the music starts playing and you can play as all the different heroes. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And also, as a game that very famously had one of the worst video game launches in history uh, because of really terrible monetization, most of that's gone and it's really good fun. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, this is not necessarily a Hangspang thing, but just a general thing. Uh, Make sure to support uh, podcasts by black podcasters. And if you can, try and donate money to uh, charities and causes which, uh, you know, supports uh, efforts to end police brutality or whatever you want. But yeah. Yep, we put out uh, we put out a list uh, on our Twitter last week uh, of a bunch of different podcasts by black creators that we particularly like. So check that out if you want, or go and do whatever the fuck you want. We don't we don't yeah. control you, listeners. Now, having said that, we would like you to still uh, rate and review us on, on Apple Podcasts, and of course, steal your friend phones. You know, download all their podcasts, all mm. that good stuff. So we don't control you, but we would very much uh, urge you to do all those yes. uh, lovely things. Uh, yeah. And if you didn't like this episode, don't worry. Next week, we are talking about Toy Story 3. Oh, and boy, God. howdy, it will be even more insufferable. It's, it's funny because I've never seen Jamie cry, but I'm fully expecting to watch him cry next week, okay? I'm going oh, to see boy. if I can conjure up those emotions uh, in, oh, a, in a beautiful retelling I'm, of the story. I'm genuinely, and, and I, I mean this fully, I am dropping all... Or I, I play a heightened version of myself on this sure. show. I fully accept that. I am most of the time making jokes. I am dropping all that facade. I am petrified to watch this film. I have not watched it since Ooh. I was 18. I watched yeah, it same. when I was it. Like, when, and as we've discussed before, like I am, I am Andy's age. I watched Toy Story 3 in the cinemas mm-hmm. and it was an extremely emotionally affecting film and I am terrified. It's, I'm genuinely welling up right now. I am terrified it's not going to hold up. Yeah. Um, so before I fully cry on this podcast, before I need to next week, from me, Jamie, I'm my girl style. That's one more app in the bank. Pew, 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 pew. Star Wars. I genuinely don't think that's the first time that you've done pew 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 at the end of this podcast oh probably not but i added the star wars pew 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 star wars uh.